be. All next week will be rebroadcast because of Labor Day. <clears throat> and um, you can check the website to see who those rebroadcast guests will be. And uh, But normally Wednesdays and Thursdays are rebroadcast days. Uh, and that's always aired. Those are always aired at 8 p.m. Eastern Time here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, and there is a link on my website for that. Now, I realize even though it's aired at 8 p.m., you can access them anytime after they're aired from your computer, your iPhone, your BlackBerry, whatever, uh, at your convenience. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izzard, on Blog Talk Radio. Now, um, rebroadcasts can be from as far back as 2006, and so they may reflect a different radio station and or a different time of day that the program was airing. So don't be thrown by that. Realize it's all through Blog Talk Radio. Now, to call into the program to ask a question of my guest, call 619-789-6835. That's 619-789-6835. Or you can send an instant message during the show through the link on the Blog Talk Radio homepage. Now, to find uh, that, you know, to find the program in order to do that, um, if you haven't subscribed to the e-card that I send once a week, you have to enter the name and or the name of the program in the Blog Talk Radio search box. And please, if you have any problems with the Internet links, give me a call after the program at 866-472-6094. Now, on this program, we discuss alternative medicine therapies, related products and issues, and we do it with the experts. Only try the therapy shared here, however, after consulting with your physician. Now, last week, my live guest was Deval, Devra Laval, <laughs> author of Leap to Freedom, Healing Quantum Guilt. And at the end of that program, we discussed the herb. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner who will show you alternative paths towards health with a holistic approach. Call in with your questions or comments at 888-235-7374. And now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. August 27, 2013, and hello to those of you listening to an internet archive within a few minutes of the show close or rebroadcast some other time. Great, you're here listening. And remember, we are live most Tuesdays. Uh, next Tuesday, however, we won't be. All next week will be rebroadcasts because of Labor Day. <clears throat> and um, you can check the website to see who those rebroadcast guests will be. And uh, But normally Wednesdays and Thursdays are rebroadcast days. Uh, and that's always aired. Those are always aired at 8 p.m. Eastern Time here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, and there is a link on my website for that. Now, I realize even though it's aired at 8 p.m., you can access them anytime after they're aired from your computer, your iPhone, 
your BlackBerry, whatever, uh, at your convenience. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izzard on Blog Talk Radio. Now, um, rebroadcasts can be from as far back as 2006, and so they may reflect a different radio station and or a different time of day that the program was airing. So don't be thrown by that. Realize it's all through Blog Talk Radio. Now, to call into the program to ask a question of my guest, call 619-789-6835. That's 619-789-6835. Or you can send an instant message during the show through the link on the Blog Talk Radio homepage. Now, to find uh, that, you know, to find the program in order to do that, um, if you haven't subscribed to the e-card that I send once a week, you have to enter the name and or the name of the program in the Blog Talk Radio search box. And please, if you have any problems with the Internet links, give me a call after the program at 866-472-6094. Now, on this program, we discuss alternative medicine therapies, related products and issues, and we do it with the experts. Only try the therapy shared here, however, after consulting with your physician. Now, last week, my live guest was Deval, Devra Laval, <laughs> author of Leap to Freedom, Healing Quantum Guilt. And at the end of that program, we discussed the herb ashwagandha and the asana pinkya marasana. Now, if you missed any show, you can go to my website, www.amtherapies.com, click on the radio link to hear the show. For appointments with me, that's face-to-face and or remote, uh, and for general information, again, call 866-472-6094. Remember, you can purchase the book I co-authored and actually an autographed copy of that book, uh, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health, and you can do that on my site. Again, www.amtherapies.com. Go there to make that wonderful resource a gift to yourself and to a friend. And you can also follow me on Twitter, Alternative Medi. And don't forget, eat right for your type, that's blood type, and new skin supplements and beauty products where beauty and wellness meet technology. Now, today I'm going to be speaking live with Jill K. Thomas, author of Feed Your Real Hunger. Getting off the emotional treadmill that keeps you overweight. At the end of tonight's program, we will discuss the herb astragalus and the asana salamba sirsasana one. Now it's time for our wellness news. Okay, this is from Science Daily. Uh, came out August twenty second, twenty thirteen. Uh, says fathers' extremely long working hours can be detrimental to their sons' well being. The key finds of the study. Now, the study was by Jaihong Lee, senior researcher at the WCB Berlin Social Science Center, and four Australian co-authors published in the Journal of Marriage and Family. The longitudinal study is based on data of more than 1,400 children in Western Australia. Yes, it seems that a lot of our uh, Science Daily's research is done in Australia. But anyway, um, this was, let me see, 
Around 19% of Western Australian fathers work 55 or more hours per week, hard to imagine, when their children are five years of age. Almost 20% of Australian fathers work so long when their children are eight years old. Now, boys whose fathers have worked 55 or more hours per week later exhibited more delinquent and aggressive behaviors than boys whose fathers worked fewer hours. Their fathers' long work hours did not appear to affect girls' behavior. Mothers' work hours did not seem to matter, although few Australian mothers worked long hours, and no firm conclusions can be drawn yet from this comparison. The culture of working long hours, which has crept into many jobs in the new economy, should be the next uh, policy frontier. In Germany, 15% of fathers of children with similar age, 3 through 4, work 55 or more hours per week uh, in 2011. Uh, the, data come, the data comes from the cohort study called, quote, Western Australian Pregnancy Cohort Study, end quote, well known under the name RAIN Study. The study has been following children from pregnancy to adulthood. The story is based on materials provided by Social Science Research Center uh, in Berlin. Okay. Worth noting. I mean, you can imagine that work hours would have an impact. And that's just a short little study that gives us a little information about that. Okay. um, Now, as I said earlier... I'm going to be talking this evening with a lady by the name of Jill K. Thomas. Now, she's a hypnotherapist and author. Uh, She's helped hundreds of clients achieve their lifestyle and wellness goals. She draws on over 15 years of experience in the health and nutrition field and her natural intuitive abilities to assist others in losing weight, improving athletic performance, overcoming debilitating phobias, attracting greater prosperity, and healing relationships. A certified hypnotherapist, Therapist Jill K. Thomas has advanced trainings in weight loss, self-confidence, sport improvement, stress reduction, past life regression, and energy work. Her new hypnosis book, Feed Your Real Hunger, Getting Off the Emotional Treadmill That Keeps You Overweight, incorporates self-hypnosis techniques as part of a revolutionary program to help people change the way they think about food, their body, and themselves. Jill K. Thomas infuses her client sessions with the insight they can only that can only come from someone who has been there. Okay, good evening. Um how are you this evening, Jill? I'm I'm good. How are you? <laughs> you had to think about that for a second. Huh? <laughs> what is it like there? Where are you as a matter of fact? I'm actually in San Diego and it's uh, it's about 80 degrees, which is still a little warm for us. Normally it's not that hot. Oh, well, we were in the 90s, so <laughs> Yeah, I'm Don't sorry. Complain. <laughs> Don't complain. But um, anyway, we've been rain-free, so that's the good part. Um, before we, well, first of all, I always like to tell my readers something about the cover because I, I know they can't see it. This is a very unique and interesting co- cover. I mean, it's beautiful. It has this red and blue and yellow. What what inspired this co- cover? You know, I was thinking about how a lot of this, these issues I talk about in the book are very first chakra issues. This is safety uh-huh. and not feeling comfortable. And so for me, it, it, I wanted it to be red because that's very first, you know, that's the color of the first chakra. 
And that's how it felt when I was writing the book. Like these are really core issues that start in the root. Very good. Okay. See, I, I know. I'm so glad I asked. Okay. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your upbringing or your background that sort of set the stage for your unique interest and in approach uh, to weight management? Sure. I was one of those people, and I'm sure there are people listening who can relate to this. I was always overweight. Ever since I hit puberty, I mm-hmm. kind of got chubby when I was a child, and I just never outgrew it. it. It always became a part of me, and it became a part of my identity as a person. I started to see myself at, at really at a young age as the fat kid, and then it became the fat adult. And it became so much a part of me, it was almost like my hair color, my eye color. It was it was me. And unfortunately, I always wanted to be the thin person, but I, I identified myself as being the fat person. It was really difficult to change that so I, like a lot of people, went on every diet. I mean, I really did do every diet there was. Uh, I read every book. I could tell you about all of them. They're great. Some of them are you know, better than others. But I had probably lost, I think, probably the same 20 pounds about 100 times, and I'm, I'm not really exaggerating on that. <laughs> so, and I, I figured out pretty early on in my life that losing 20 pounds is really not that hard. Keeping 20 pounds off is almost impossible. <laughs> so. Because I felt like it just kept going up and down and up and down, and it was really difficult, and I was doing the same things over and over again. And the more I struggled, the more I failed, the angrier I got at myself. And I felt like a failure. I felt like that, you know, I couldn't conquer this. I was pretty successful in my jobs. I was pretty successful uh, in a lot of other areas of my life, but I wasn't successful with my weight. And one of the things that happened you know, like like a lot of transformations, I'm sure some women listening can relate to this, you know, it started with a bad breakup. <laughs> I had a very ugly breakup when I was right about the time I turned 30. And one of the things that happened was that my, my boyfriend at the time told me that he didn't find me physically attractive anymore because I was overweight. And, you know, I was already insecure about my weight. I was feeling very bad about myself and beating myself up pretty much every time I put food in my mouth. And then this happened, and then just a few months later, uh, he let me know that he was engaged to somebody who was my friend. So that was wow. nice. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and it was, just, it was one of those moments where you wish you could just say, oh, yeah, what a coincidence, me too, you know. If somebody tells you the story, you just want to say, yeah. Oh, what a weird coincidence, so am I. But I obviously I wasn't, and, and you know, you do the obligatory, oh, I'm so happy for you, and then on my way home I stopped to the, at the store and picked up my two best friends. That would be Ben and Jerry, Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> I think it was Chunky Monkey that time. And, you know, I had that proceeded to do the very, you know, the girl cry that we have. These moments were just so upset, and I was so angry at myself, and I felt like I was a complete failure And I just sat there and I really thought about how much time and how much energy I was putting into my weight and how much money I had spent over the years on diet programs and exercise equipment and everything, all to to fight a fight that I I didn't feel like I was ever going to win. And I was also just heartily sick of the way I was treating myself because I really, truly beat myself up for every morsel I put in my mouth, and I didn't want to live that way. I didn't want my life to be like that. So, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, you know, I, it seems a common 
theme, uh, and that's part of why I wanted you to share it. You don't have to have an extraordinarily unique experience to come up with a solution like yours. You just have to be creative, um, which you are. And and I also want to remind our listeners that you do have a wonderful sense of humor if they haven't picked up on it, and that is reflected in the book. So it will be an enjoyable read as well as an instructive one. Um, Before we really get into... um, well, yeah, before we really get into the meat of the book, I do like to, because I, I want you to share some of the things you will never find in a weight loss brochure, but um, because that, that gives insight to your approach, uh, I mean, above and beyond the uh, hypnotherapy. But anyway, I like to give an overview of, overview of the contents, so I'm just going to go just give the lesson topics. I won't do the subtopics. Um, lesson one. Okay, and there are 20 lessons. Lesson one, what are you? Hint, it's not your weight. Lesson two, what do you want and why? Lesson three, your weekly meeting. Lesson four, clear out your closet. Lesson five, dismantling beliefs. Lesson six, what exercise really is. Lesson seven, portion sizes and calories. Lesson eight, portion sizes. Lesson, oops, I'm, I don't see a nine. Okay. Lesson 10. <laughs> it just dawned on me. Lesson 10, food, lack, and control. Lesson 11, emotions and eating. Lesson 12, knowing when you are really done eating. Uh, lesson 13, the purpose of your fat. Again, these are wonderful. I, I wish we could touch on all of them, but anyway. Lesson 14, the saboteur. Lesson 15, your weight gain trigger. Lesson 16, who is there for you? Who is there for you? Lesson 17, self-love, self-respect. Lesson 18, your words have power. Lesson 19, acceptance versus giving up. Lesson 20, final success tips. Okay. Give Start with sharing a couple, because I don't want you to give everything away, but give us a couple of your uh, things you won't find in a weight loss brochure, and then we'll talk about some of these sections. One of the things you're not going to find is, because they always try and sell you on how great weight loss is, it is a, a really emotional journey. It You're going to cry. You're going to be really pissed off. When you start to lose the weight, and, and you will, all of you listening can do this, when you start to lose the weight, people are going to treat you differently, uh, and, and sometimes that's going to bother you. Sometimes it's going to make you really happy. Um, when, when you lose the weight to the point where you start dating more, if, if you're in that position, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable, and you'll have to figure out how you feel about that because some of the people that are paying attention to you wouldn't have given you the time of day before, mm-hmm. and you have to decide how you feel about that. Um, it's a very difficult thing. It's incredibly rewarding. But it is not it is not as simple, it's not as easy as, as brochures make it sound. It's very emotionally troubling. Well, that's for sure. Okay. Anything else? You know, burning off the when you start to lose the weight, particularly if you're doing a lot of exercise, it can feel a little bit like you're burning your anger, which is another reason I would say that the emotions will come up, is because you're going to start to feel really angry at some of the things that have happened um, in your life, some of the good things and the bad things, and you'll start to see things differently, and you'll start to see your life differently. And you'll. Uh, another thing that's also really key to people, I don't think you realize 
people don't realize this. If you lose a lot of weight, like let's say you lose 60 or 70 pounds, your social circle changes because your friends mm-hmm. view you as the fat friend, maybe. And when you lose the weight, you might have to, they might be a little uncomfortable because they don't know who you are now. You're not the person they can make fun of anymore if that's what they were doing behind your back. And all, all right. of that can shift. And that can be awkward for everyone. So it's just part of the experience. Very good. Oh, and on a lighter note, one of the things you mentioned, uh, people think, uh, you know, they, some things they don't think about that will change when they do lose the weight. Uh, some of the undergarments, some of the things, some of the oh, little yeah. things. You might even have to add a, what is it, a, a, a resize your ring. I mean, you know, there are a lot of little things that people never even think about that are really kind of fun and funny uh, that, that change um, with the, the weight loss. And folks, you have to, even if you just look at the picture, uh, I think in the book you said you weighed 220 pounds. I did. That, I weighed 220 what pounds. That was my highest, yeah. My word. And to look at you in this, in well, in the photos that I've been able to access, it, it seems hardly possible that that was ever the case. So, but ladies and gentlemen, she knows what she's talking about. It obviously worked for her very well, so she should be able to share it with you. Um, one thing, well, there are a couple of things that are unique about your approach. Uh, one, the meditation, and two, the hypno- hypnosis. You want to touch on how, because I believe, you know, I, I'm assuming it's a self-hypnosis type of thing that you give people access to or ideas about that sort of helps. I, I don't want to give everything away in the book, but I do want to let them know what's different and unique about this as opposed to all the millions of other books about weight loss. Oh, sure. There, you know, the book actually talks about self-hypnosis, so it, it tells you how to do it. Uh, it's not that hard. It's not. Don't be too daunting. Other thing people often are confused by, they think that meditation and hypnosis are very different. They're really not. Uh, hypnosis is really just a deeper form of meditation. We actually hypnotize ourselves all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're, when you're focusing really intently on something, the whole world sort of fades away. That's the hypnotic state. So if you were to go deeper into that state and then begin to restructure the way you feel about food or the way you feel about yourself and your body when you're in that sort of meditative state, those changes can stick, particularly if you continue to do them and you, and you start to adjust your behavior. It can really help you make a lifelong change uh, using the power of your own mind. And these are tools that are inexpensive. You know, they're readily available. No, that's definitely true. Okay, now in your book... Okay, why don't you sort of um why don't you sort of give a well, you start out with the secret. Um you, I, again, I'm trying my best not to to give away all of a whole lot of your 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 essence here, but I I'm really curious to share something with the uh, our listeners. You talk about the secret to losing weight. What what is what is the secret? Cuz I I think there are a whole lot of people who would love to know. <laughs> Secret is. You know, I think in the book I say the secret is there, there really isn't just one thing. It's a lot of different things. <laughs> you know, I hate to break it to you. But just one thing would be so easy. But, but you gained weight for complex reasons, and losing weight is, is a complex challenge as well. But really it starts with the mind. We always look for things outside of ourselves when we're trying to solve a problem, but this problem is actually started in your brain because your mind controls to some extent, how much you want to eat, when you want to eat, when you want to exercise. and if, So that's where you really need to start if you want to make changes to the way you do the things you do on a daily basis. Okay, that makes 90%, a lot of 
I was going to say 90% of our daily, I think it's 95% of our daily activities are, are unconscious, meaning they're automatic. So, you know, the things like your, your morning routine, your brushing, uh, you know, and flossing routine in the morning, your eating habits, these are all automatic behaviors. So if you want to change, make a major change and that affects your whole life, if you start by adjusting those automatic behaviors, you can make a huge change very quickly and very painlessly, if that makes sense. Oh, yes. Okay. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, I'd like you to talk a little bit about what, why people, well, that question of what do you want. Um, I, I think the average person was, oh, I just want to lose weight, but uh, I, I, I'm, I want you to share some insights on that. Okay. Folks, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izard. This portion of the program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine Therapies in Pennsylvania. Uh, visit my website, www.amtherapies.com, and call our number for face-to-face and remote secure video conference appointments. It's 866-472-6094. You are hearing us live from the Internet. To call in during the program, call 619-789-6835. And we'll be back with Jill K. Thomas, author of Feed Your Real Hunger, Getting Off the Emotional Treadmill That Keeps You Overweight. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. Okay, you are listening to Wellness Wellness with me, psychologist and certified mental health care practitioner, Parthenia Rivard. Remember, on my website, www.amtherapies.com, you can preview and purchase a simple one hundred and one hundred great 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 to help. My chapter is now I mean, you know, nothing more important than your health. But between the overburdened medical establishment, crisis, health headlines, and our own hectic lives, finding the information that you and your family need can be next to the problem. We're here to help. Bring together one one of the top lines of strategies, grants, and healing one hundred and one workable ways to attack disease, overcome unhealthy habits, and live your life to its healthiest potential. Follow the link on my homepage. It's a beautiful blue book link. Okay, we are back with our guest this evening, Jill K. Thomas. She's the author of Feed Your Real Hunger, Getting Off the Emotional Treadmill That Keeps You Overweight. Yes, um, Jill, you want to elucidate on that whole concept about what do you want and why? Well, most 
people when they come into my office, they'll tell me, I ask them, what, you know, what is it their what their goals are, and they'll say, I want to I want to be a size six, I want to have you know bikini body, I want to be able to do this. But when you start to really drill down to it, you find out for a lot of people, it's that they want to be happy. Or that for a lot of women, particularly uh, young women that come in, they want to meet their soulmate. They want to meet their their perfect person. And for some reason, we have it in our heads that we have to be a certain way in order to have that. So what I tell people who are in this position is if you're wanting, if what you really want is satisfaction out of life, if you really want happiness, you have to actually start working on those things now. So if you're wanting to meet the perfect guy, you need to start figuring out how to meet that perfect guy, how to get out there in public. When we're focusing just on the weight, it's almost like we're putting a barrier in front of us to the things that we want to have. Uh, if you're wanting to have a better job, you don't want to think, start with, well, I need to lose the weight in order to get that better job, because you may not lose the weight. And in the meantime, you're just setting yourself up for a lifetime of, of not being happy, of always making that an excuse. If you want something... You have to drill down to what it is you really want and start working on that. And trust me, when you do start to work towards those goals and you start to become more satisfied, more fulfilled, you will eat less food and you will lose the weight without even really putting in all that extra effort. It just sort of starts to happen. Well, now, why is it important to clear out your closet? (laughs) Here, oh, I've got some great stories on that one. I have a lot of clients. I had a client one time who told me that she had her old wedding dress from, uh, in fact, I think she had two of them from two failed marriages in there. And so whenever mm. she'd open her closet door, she'd see this, and it would make her sad. In addition word. to all of the, all these, like, size 6 clothes, and she was like a size 14, size 16, all of these things, every time she opened the door to her closet, she would feel bad about herself. And this, of course, sets her up, sets a person up for running to the cabinet to get more food. When you're feeling bad about yourself, you may want to have more food to try and satisfy to to stuff down those feelings. So cleaning out your closet is really, you know, a self-love action. It's a being respectful of yourself. You want to open that closet and you want to see nice clothing that fits. You don't want reminders of the times that you tried to succeed and fail. A lot of people will put like a size 4 dress in there thinking it's going to motivate them to change, and that's actually not what usually happens. It usually just makes you feel really bad about yourself. Well, you know, because I, I know I'm, I'm, you're making me think about a lot of people won't get rid of the smaller clothes because they know they're going to, you know, they say they know they're going to go back to be able to, you know, to where they'll be able to wear them. But from what you're saying, it's more of a negative, uh, and it really has a psychologically more of a negative impact than what Absolutely. they're thinking. Very Absolutely. interesting. Yeah, and you know what, trust me, you know, 10 years go by and you've still got this clothing outfit, this outfit, it's probably not in style anyway. It may be a little dusty. Let it go. Charity would love to have it. You just want to open that. You want to look at all of the spaces in your home and, and have them be happy reminders of all of the success that you've had. And you don't want to be looking at this thing and thinking, this is what I didn't do the way I wanted to. You want Very to go good. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, what exercise really is? Yeah, you know, clinically, and you may have seen these studies, clinically it's shown that exercise is not the panacea when it comes to losing weight. People always, you know, they always use diet and exercise. is really just diet. If you want to lose weight, diet is really the way to go. Um, but, but, and I'm sure you've seen this in your business and your practice as well, exercise is very key to maintaining health 
It's also a key to increasing, improving your mood and feeling happier and better about yourself. Mm -hmm. But I do see a lot of people thinking that if they don't exercise, they won't lose the weight. And really the biggest part of losing weight is just changing how you eat. And exercise is an essential factor in improving your wellness, your lifestyle, your mood. But don't think that if you aren't able to exercise for one reason or another that you won't be able to lose the weight because that's really not true. Okay, very good. And now, of course, your take on portion sizes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing is the average person has just gotten in the habit of just putting more food on their plate than they need. And what happens with our bodies is our, actual, our stomach will actually start to uh, get bigger. Mm-hmm. And we begin to both psychologically and physiologically expect these bigger portion size in order to feel satisfied. And it's it's kind of just a habit that we've created. I guarantee if you go tonight, if everybody does this, just put 80% of what you normally eat on your plate, you know, eat it slowly and just really savor it, you'll feel satisfied, you will have had enough, and you won't feel like you need more. And what happens is we just, our bodies expect these bigger portions, and then it starts to, you know, hey, wait, there's not enough food in here. My stomach's not super full. And that's really because we've got it trained to feeling like it needs to have more food than it needs. So is that something you talk about in your book about habits and how habits are created and and that whole thing? So how how just briefly, how are they created and extinguished? With creating a habit, particularly the habit of emotional eating, and that's probably the most common one, that habit actually starts very, very young. Um, when you were a child, when you were upset, when you'd start crying, your mother would come in and give you milk. Maybe sometimes it was her milk, sometimes it was out of a bottle, but it was soothing. It made you feel nourished. It made you feel loved. So now, as an adult, here you are, and you're sad again, and you want to feel soothing, so you may go and reach for something, and typically something sweet. Um, now, when it comes to the habit of emotional eating, if you want to put an end to that habit, instead of reaching for something when you're upset or when you're lonely or when you're sad or bored, you come up with other things that you can do that will actually help you with solve that problem. So and I the guess obvious for, one. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think for some people, exercise is one of those things, which yeah. is how it often helps them. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> oh no, that's a perfect example though. If you you know instead of reaching for the cookies when you're when you're bored, if you just go for a walk around the block, you'll feel mm. so much better. And I guarantee, you know, all all cravings are satisfied one way or another. Either you crave, you satisfy the craving by eating, or you allow a few moments to go by and the craving goes by. So one way or the other, that craving is satisfied. One way is more life enhancing than the other. Well, what are some of the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to lose weight? We see the weight as the problem when the truth is the weight is actually a symptom. Symptom. Mm-hmm. The symptom yeah. of an emotional challenge. People are oftentimes stuffing down their feelings with food because they have unhealed emotional wounds. They have traumas from their childhood that they haven't dealt with. They've got difficulties in their life that they're not dealing with. And they're using food as a way of changing their emotional state. So you have to see craving for food not as a problem but more as a symptom of a problem. So it's telling you, it's your body's way of telling you that there's something in your life that's not the way you the way you'd want it to be. And when you start to work on that, then that real hunger when you start to fulfill the real hunger whether it's, you know, for love, for companionship, for uh stimulation, doing doing something fun, 
then you're fulfilling that real hunger and you won't be so hungry for food anymore. I think this is, oh yes, and I I think this is another one of the things that makes your approach so unique. You're uh, engaging people or encouraging people to get to the meat of the problem. for those of you who are vegetarians, maybe you want that statement. But you know, to, to really address what the problem is, and it's not always. Sometimes you know, there's some people who say, "Oh, I'm I'm just lazy. I don't feel like exercising. I know I should, and I eat too much, and I know I should." And maybe there's got to be somebody in the world who maybe that is really the problem. But for the broader population, I would I I feel very confident that it's something unconscious or, or maybe. Maybe that they're aware, but they don't know how to tackle. And I think your uh, approach helps get people to deal with those things and come up with something through meditation, which is very innocuous, or self-hypnosis, which is also very innocuous, and and, uh, uh, try to come up with some positive ways of dealing with it. And so, again, three very unique aspects to what it is you're doing here. Um, in your book, you also talk a lot about focusing inside to lose weight. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah, I mean, you've I touched about, on Yeah, there, there's something I call the inner thin self. So everybody has this sort of idea of what they look like in their mind. And for a lot of us, we have this sort of bloated idea of what we have in our mind. We have this image of ourselves. And our body, our, our unconscious mind will actually do whatever it can to to maintain the picture, the inner picture that we have of ourselves in our mind. So one of the processes I have in the in the book is about changing out that picture. So you want to start to begin to shift your mindset so that instead of seeing yourself as as the the overweight self, you want to see yourself at your most ideal weight in your mind. So your unconscious mind starts to cue that up and see, oh, okay, That's what we really look like. We need to start to do the things we need to do to match up that inner picture because you really have to lose the weight in your mind first, and it's about focusing within, focusing on your feelings, paying attention to when your body's really hungry and when it's just wanting to, you know, somebody to talk to, but also paying attention to that inner state of mind and and switching out that picture so that you start to see the more ideal you as the real you. And so it's more than just, say, keeping a journal, which brings some attention to these things. You're really uh, encouraging a deeper, uh, more solid approach or way to, you know, uh, really identify what the problem is and and what you need to do to uh, correct it. Very good. Very good. Um, What about children? You know, what would you tell parents who may not be overweight themselves hopefully in this situation, if they have an overweight son or daughter, what kind of advice would you give them? This is a really difficult issue, and I'm glad you bring it up because I see a lot of parents doing this wrong. Um, A lot of times what I see is traumatized children come into my office because their parents have put them on one of those diet-in-a-box programs, Mm. and it's very isolating for the child. So just imagine this as you're you're, 12 years old, you're feeling pudgy, you're going through that awkward phase with your hormones, and your parents are now telling you that you're overweight, unlike your brothers and sisters, and, and sometimes unlike them. And now you begin to feel isolated, like you're not part of the tribe anymore, and everybody's sitting down for a meal, and you've got one of those microwave boxed meals, so you're separate from the family, right? So I always tell people, if somebody in the family, somebody, anybody is overweight, everybody needs to adjust how they're eating. Some 
there's probably something in the, the family food that's not as ideal as it should be. The other thing I always tell parents is you really need to focus on the child's self-esteem and see this as a self-esteem issue less than a weight issue. The worst thing that you can do as a parent is, is tell the child you really just don't want them to be overweight because you don't want them to experience bullying and all of the things that, that goes along with being overweight. You really want to focus instead on helping that child create healthy self-esteem because I guarantee, no matter what that child weighs, if they have a strong sense of themselves, the bullies really aren't going to bother them the same way they would if they're getting uh, feeling isolated at home like they're less than their brothers and sisters and feeling isolated by the community and by Cosmopolitan magazine that makes us think we're fat when we're, when we're not, right? So mm. you just want to work on this child's self-esteem. See it as a self-esteem issue, less as a weight issue. Now, you, you, in your book, you talk a bit about um, not buying new clothes right away when you start losing weight. I thought that was very clever uh, because that's the inclination. They, they're so happy that they lost that five or pounds that they immediately want to go out and buy something smaller. But talk about what you say there. Well, yeah, the thing is, like one of the, some of the things in the book show up because I did this wrong myself. Um, first thing I did was I lost 10 pounds. I went and bought a new pair of jeans. So suddenly <laughs> the jeans that were feeling all loose and comfortable and I was going, man, my jeans are falling off. Now they're tight again. And I'm like, dang, I'm back to square one. Now I'm feeling bad because my jeans are tight again. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. but a little while. <laughs> Yeah. Work your way it's, down. Just favor it. Or if you're if you're going to get something, don't get it tight. Get it small yeah. so you still feel like you're, you know, <laughs> making some kind you of progress. Enjoy that that sad, there's something very satisfying about sitting down and having your jeans be so big they don't fit right. I love that feeling. <laughs> just out of curiosity, what is the percentage of men to women when it comes to those dealing with these issues in terms of your practice? Are there more men who come to you or more women? There's a lot more women. I will say, though, that when men come to me for this issue, it's, it's usually more difficult for them than it is for, for women. I, when men come in for this issue, a lot of times I, I feel like society is harder on men in some ways than it is women. Um, and a lot of times the guys wait until they're, they're really overweight, like they're over 300 pounds before they start to address this issue uh, instead of dealing with it when it's just you know two, a little over 200 pounds. Um, but when the men come in, it's it can be really difficult for them because women, we have tools. We can call our girlfriends and complain about how we feel about our genes, whereas men, they don't feel as comfortable calling up their guys and saying, hey, you wouldn't believe how tight my pants feel. <laughs> they just don't have the same tools that we as women have. Then I think they have a harder time with it. I really do. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure you're right. Um, okay, let's go on. Uh Let's let's go on a little bit here. Um, what about lack of lack and control? That's mm. an interesting topic. Yeah, you know, we think that when we we look at it, an object, let's say chocolate cake, one of the greatest things ever created. <gasps> um, so imagine if you put this chocolate cake in front of a child and you say, "You can't have this ever again because." We're trying, you're a little few pounds overweight. You can't have this chocolate cake. Suddenly this chocolate cake, which is dang good to begin with, is now the greatest thing that has ever been created. And you have done what marketing companies across time have been trying to do. You have made that, that substance the most important thing in that person's mind. Now, you're that child. 
You may be 50 or 30. You're still that child in your mind. So when you tell yourself, I can't have this thing that I love ever again because I'm a few pounds overweight, it becomes the most important thing in your mind, and it becomes it can become an all-out obsession. So you really can't take away those things. You want to just try and, and, and get them down to a healthy portion. Believe me, there is a healthy portion of chocolate cake that you can have. It may be the size of a tablespoon, but you, if you say to yourself you can never have it, then it becomes the only thing you'll ever want to eat again. Trust me. Of course. Uh, well, we talked a little bit about emotions and eating already. Um, knowing when you're really done, uh, what tips do you have about that? that that's pretty much key. That's a really hard one because really getting in touch with when I'm done and when I'm satisfied is it takes practice and it takes listening to your body. And I think most of us have actually programmed ourselves not to listen to our body's I'm done signals because we want to finish the cake or we want to finish what's on our plate. Um, you have to, in order to hear when your body says it's done or when it's satisfied, you have to eat more slowly. You have to listen to yourself. And you'll begin to, you just want to start to get into the habit of listening to your body's I'm done signals. And they're, and they're subtle. They're quiet. It's, no, this is good. I don't have to have any more. But a lot of us, we just blow right past I'm done and go right into stuffed, right, because we're finishing our plate. Or we're eating with friends and we're not paying attention. So you have to, one of the things that makes that easier is, is eating, you know, not eating with the TV on. Ah. Eating more slowly. <laughs> Yes, going to the dining room table, sitting down with yourself and or company and having a meal. It's, I mean, come on. It it makes a big difference. Um, Okay, we're about to go to break, and when we come back, let's talk a little bit about the saboteur. Okay, folks, you're listening to Wellness Holders and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Dillard, here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, when you go to my website, www.amf.com, you will find the link for purchasing blood-type diet products as well as new skin products. Um, in a minute, I'll tell you more about new skin. And when we come back, because we'll be back with OK Thomas, also feed you real hunger. Feed real hunger. Getting off the emotional treadmill is overweight. Call in 619-789-6835. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. 
Yes, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izard. Now, realize all of next week's programs will be rebroadcast. Um, that's September 3, 4, and 5, 2013. Uh, that's because of Labor Day celebration. Um, we um, also, I also said I was going to tell you about new skin products. Now, when you go to the website and you want to order a new skin product, you have to enter code USW909901. Now, new skin includes supplements that with the incorporation of nanotechnology are more efficiently assimilated into the body. Uh, their beauty products are enhanced by an eight-block technology that promotes I call new skin where beauty and wellness meet technology. Okay, we are back with Jill K. Thomas, author of Feed Your Real Hunger, Getting Off the Emotional Treadmill That Keeps You Overweight. Okay, so yeah, let's touch on the saboteur piece. You know, it's interesting because we people come to my office and they say, I've got this part of me that just wants to eat the cookies and I want you to just get rid of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going to get rid of a part of you at all. Mm-hmm. If, if I could, I wouldn't want to do that. But the saboteur actually has a purpose. Um, we may not understand what it's up to, but usually there's a reason why it's it's doing what it's doing. On some level, you may not feel comfortable losing weight. Now, some people think that doesn't make any sense because, of course, I want to lose weight. But just imagine for a second if you're somebody who is a victim of a sexual trauma at some point in your life. Uh, being your most healthy self, your most healthy weight, may on some level not feel safe. Now, that might not be the case for everyone, but there may be something, some part of you that is not feeling comfortable at your most ideal weight for whatever reason. Maybe you think, you know, if you're the, everyone in your family is overweight and you get thin, you may feel like you're not going to be part of the tribe anymore, and that may bother you on an unconscious level. But oftentimes that saboteur is actually trying to protect you from the bad experience that you on some level may feel is going to happen if you lose the weight. And for some people, that's a lot of times the reason why they're not losing weight or not able to keep it off in the first place is because there may be a reason, an unconscious reason, that you want to hold on to it that's not clear on the surface. Yeah, a lot of times people are just so used to it, that's how they feel comfortable. And um, when people start being attracted more because of how you appear, that does sort of, uh, it, it can be disconcerting to some people. But in any event, why don't you uh, share with us any website information or contact information that our listeners can uh, use, take advantage of? Uh, my website is healthyhabitshypnosis.com, and I do have, if you go to my website, there's a YouTube channel. I've got some videos up there. I also have some free meditations you can download on my website, and, and in the next month, I'm going to be releasing a weight loss CD. It's not quite done yet, but um, hopefully that'll be ready and available to launch soon. You can also go in and get my book, Feed Your Real Hunger, from my website. You can just click on the picture of the book in the corner, and you know, you, you're welcome to call me for appointments. My number is 760 803-2841, or you can just visit my website for any of the resources that are available there. Okay, could you just uh, slow it down a little bit and give us your web address again so they really hear those words? Sure, it's uh, healthyhabitshypnosis.com. 
Okay, very good. All right, folks, so make sure now, are there any book signings or public appearances that you would like to share? Not right now. Maybe a little okay. bit closer later on in the year. Okay, good. Now, um, you, is there one hypnosis-related application or technique that you would like to share with our listeners, just to give them, uh, give them an idea of something that can hold them until they do go get the book? Yeah, the thing I would really stress with people is to really begin to form a picture of you at your ideal self. Now, make it believable. Um, you know, if you don't think you're ever capable of looking like Kate Moss, don't put that picture in your head. Give yourself a realistic picture of something that you think you're really going to look like and begin to form that in your mind and start to make that you. Just imagine this is you living your life that way. See yourself walking around in the clothing you'd want to wear, uh, living your life from that most healthy place, and even see the kinds of things that your most healthy version of yourself would do, You know, eating more healthy food, being more active, what does that life look like for you? And start to paint that picture. And, and just like a, watching a really good movie, replay that over and over in your mind. And your unconscious mind will start to get, okay, that's, that's who we really are, and that's what I really want to be. I think that's a very key, important thing for people. Okay, folks, that will give you something to start with uh, while you're waiting for the book to download or and or waiting for it to come in the mail, depending on how you're going to access the book. Um, two things in the book, and I, I hope we have time for this. Two things, you talk about a, a plaque and you talk about the egg. Uh, do you think you can share information about both of those or just one? The plateau? Uh, yeah, the plaque that was on the wall. Um, oh, it said, yes, I forgot Do that. Not go- Thank you. Okay. <laughs> when when I was a child, my, my dad um, put this plaque up on my wall when I was a little girl. I don't know who wrote it. It just says, do not follow where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. Because my, my father impressed on me when I was a young girl that in this day and age, women have to have their own money. We have to have our own things. It's not like it used to be where we could rely on some guy to take care of us. And he he wanted to impress on me that it was important that you follow your own path. And I think for people it's really key that you figure out who you are and what you want to be in your life and follow that and make that the most important thing for you. Okay, well, good. Now, I'm at that point when I ask my guests for their final words of wisdom. So what final words of wisdom would you like to give our listeners um, this evening? Learn to love yourself. Practice loving yourself. This is about self-love. Losing weight is the ultimate act of self-love. And you have to set aside any punitive feelings you may have about yourself uh, and, and, and your weight and begin to focus on the love that you have for yourself. And I know for some people that will be hard, but it's really key to drill into the idea and the feeling of self-love because that's what you really need in order to be your most healthy self. Oh, okay. Very good. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for this evening. Um, I hope everybody gets to the website, folks. It's a book that will definitely be different uh, from any other books that you've read about weight loss and weight management because of the hypnosis piece, because of incorporation of meditation, which is another level, as she's shared with us, of hypnosis. All of those things make this uh, well worth your uh, while. So, thank you, thank you. Enjoy the weather out there in California. Thank I you, Prathini. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, have a good evening. You too. Okay, good night.
All right, folks, it's now time for our herb of the day. Tonight's herb is astragalus. Uh, the parts used medicinally are the roots. Um, and in the, uh, according to Balk and Balk, who is my resource for these, um, some of the phytochemicals include betaine, beta-cestosterol, um, and some of the nutrients include calcium, choline, copper, essential fatty acids, iron, magnesium, manganese, potassium, and zinc. Now, they don't want to say that it acts as a tonic to protect the immune system, uh, aids adrenal gland function and digestion, increases metabolism, produces spontaneous sweating, promotes healing, and provides energy to combat fatigue and prolonged stress, increases stamina, good for cold, flu, and immune deficiency-related problems, including AIDS, cancer, and tumors, effective for chronic lung disease uh, or lung weakness. It's also called Huan Qi. Uh, you should not be, they should not be taken if fever is present. Okay. And now it is time for our yoga sauna. Now, tonight's asana is Salamba Sirsasana. And according to Dr. Shah, who is my medical or therapeutic resource, uh, it improves blood flow to the pituitary, pineal, thyroid, and parathyroid glands, removes congestion from gonads, improves blood flow to brain, hypothalamus, head, and neck, improves balance, concentration, confidence, willpower, and creativity, strengthens inner ears and eyes, helps venous drainage from lower extremities and pelvis, replaces sagging abdominal organs to their original place, drains secretions from lungs and improves ventilation, improves alignment of back and spine. Um, Now, the posture itself, and I use the Iyengar way as a resource for this. This is a two-mark posture. Um... The head balance is called the king of the postures, and it develops poise and lightness and stimulates the brain. Place a folded blanket on the floor, square to the room. Kneel in front of the blanket with the feet and knees together and in line. Line up the trunk with the legs. Bend down, interlock the fingers, and place the outer elbows, forearms, and hands on the blanket. Keep the elbow directly under the shoulders. Keep the inner and outer edges of the forearms, wrists, and hands parallel. Bring the wrists slightly in and cup the hands. Uh, This is a, a, a variation on a headstand. Extend the neck and place the crown of the head down. Be on the center of the crown and keep the elbows equidistant from the head. Raise the upper arms and shoulder. Straighten the legs, raise the hips, and walk in until the trunk is almost perpendicular, and open the chest. Some of the cautions, you do not attempt Sirsasana until Sarvasgasana and Hasana can be held for from 8 to 10 minutes. If there's pressure or discomfort in the head, eyes, ears, or neck, come down. Try again another day. 
If the problem persists, do restful forward bends and seek advice. Uh, for focus, uh, your arm support in head balance. Uh, place the elbows in line with each other. Be on the outer edges of the forearms and stretch them toward the wrists. Go into the base of the fingers to clasp the hands with the knuckles loosely bent. Keep the hands relaxed, the skin of the palms and fingers sensitive. Make the forearms and hands symmetrical forearms slightly diagonal. Keep the wrists and hands rounded to make room for the head. Once balance is steady, change the, inter change the interlock every now and then. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're at that time of the program. You have been listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist, and certified mental health care practitioner at Blog Talk Radio. Check the website www.tnfm.com or www.wellness.com see my rebroadcast next Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, September 3, 4, and 5, 2020. Uh, because of the Day holiday, there will not be a live program. Use the link on my site to listen to the program live from the computer, cell phone, iPod, site key. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at 8 p.m. time. Report to the archive anytime at your own convenience. Remember, the show is archived immediately after the um, program airs. Uh, there's a link for advertising on the program on my website. You can email inquiries, resumes, and or recording to consult at amtherapy.com. That's C-O-N-S-U-L-T at A-M-T-H-E-R-A-P-I-E-S dot com. Alternative medicine therapy, remote uh, iridology, physiology, Consultation, meditation, acupressure, pressure, psychosocial consultation. You can schedule your appointments with me online and access my online secure video conference call. Go to www.amtherapy.com for my blog. Purchase my autographs for all books. 101 Ways to Improve Your Health. Subscribe to my um, newsletter. Hear past uh, programs. See the show guest list. Oh, don't forget to visit Neville Poland Woodland Resort. It's a beautiful place all, all year round. Uh, tell the Parthenia sent you. And again, I offer both and fake space, but mostly remote consultations. Welcome to the West. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. 
Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural healthcare practitioner who will show you alternative paths towards health with a holistic approach. Call in with your questions or comments at 888-235-7374. And now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. August 27, 2013, and hello to those of you listening to an internet archive within a few minutes of the show close or rebroadcast some other time. Great, you're here listening. And remember,